You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove Podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Hello and welcome back. Thank you for joining Melissa and I today for another episode of A Mindful Moment. I have to tell you, Melissa, What is on the top of my mind for days and days now is creativity. And that's because I'm having trouble with it. (laughs) And it's because I know why. Um, Too much pressure. January has been a whirlwind so far. And then when I sit down and I need to really let those creative juices flow, I can't get my mind to stop racing or I start thinking about the 20 other things I need to get to. And yeah, I'd kind of like to explore that a little bit today because I'm betting I'm not alone. How about well, you? Uh, yeah, I have to tell you. So, you know, we talked earlier about having um, in our team meetings for work, we were talking about uh, intentions for the year. And I don't know, I have kind of felt like for the past, I don't know, honestly, a couple of years. I mean, I grew up very creatively my whole life. I danced, I acted, I sang, I did musical theater and uh, I never really was like more of a um, tactile artist, more of like, you know, the fine arts. And I haven't done any of that in ages. I mean, since I had kids, probably. Yeah. So I have really felt in the past year, like, what is missing right now? I don't feel like, I don't know, I'm going through the motions, but I don't feel really like fulfilled. And it's when we were talking about intentions the other day, I was thinking, you know what my intention should be? could be this year <laughs> is uh, to get more creative, put something creative in my life. Even if, if it's just a little bit, I need something I need. Like if I want to try painting, if I want to try, and I don't want to go back to the old things. Cause honestly, I don't think I can dance anymore. <laughs> those days have passed us, but I would love to do something where I can let those juices flow and kind of just get that outlet, you know? Definitely. Well, creativity is really important to our mental health too. And so I know you and I both have to, uh, we have to be creative to get our jobs done. But so I think, at least for me, the challenge is not 
being creative. It's having to force creativity. And that to me is hard um, because that's not how creativity works, frankly. But the reason it's so important to our mental health is because it actually reduces stress. That's one of the biggest factors is uh, the parts of the brain that are working, that are creative, that are, you know, when those aspects light up, that lowers the parts of the brain that, you know, where the stress resides or the stress flares happen. Um, and it also helps with um, decreasing depression. Um, it's really helpful for uh, resiliency when it comes to like suffering some kind of a traumatic event. So it's an important factor of our lives. And, you know, many people think when you say creative, because it means something different to everybody, I'm sure. But they think in terms of what you're talking about, like, you know, painting or drawing or, and it's, in fact, I think, I can't imagine anyone or very few people who don't have to be somewhat creative at work as well. But hobbies, to me, help spark creativity for work. Well, yeah, I think even having creativity, people, like you said, they don't think you need creativity at work. But what happens when you do have that creative part of your brain flowing is that you learn to be in the flow. And I think that that's lacking a little bit in work because there's so many distractions. And I do think that the ability to be creative will open up so many other things. Like you're going to be able to communicate more effectively. It's going to let you see, you know, different possibilities at work because now your brain is flowing in all these different ways that maybe it hasn't before. You're able to see other opportunities that maybe you didn't before or other ways to solve a problem that maybe you couldn't before. Yeah. I, oh, and I think that's huge. The problem solving yeah. because I mean, despite world problems, all of us encounter problems every day at work and at home and in traffic or, you know, whatever it is. And it is that creative side that comes up with solutions. Right now, my problem is two things. One is distraction. One is time. But the time part, I feel like a double whammy right now because I have all kinds of tricks when I'm feeling stifled creatively, right? So I may go to an amusement park. I might go to a museum. I might go to the zoo. I might I don't know, uh, read a, read some kind of a fantasy novel, just something to wake up that dormant part <laughs> that seems to have turned off. I don't have time to do any of that right now. Yeah, It just yeah. adds to it. It's like, oh, and then, you know, I signed up for a pottery class because I had the intention of getting back to my, I love hobbies for that creative side. And that was one of my intentions. I was determined to set every week and I started off the year by enrolling in a pottery class. And it was like, okay, two hours, one night a week, even though I'm busy, I can do that. And then lo and behold, found out at the first class that I also have to go in every other day to turn pots and to practice and, and during the day. And now, now all of a sudden it's more pressure. <laughs> so I it took a feel pressure to be creative, right? It shouldn't feel stressful. There should be no stress and creativity. Exactly. So I, I don't want that to be counterproductive. I love throwing pottery and I haven't done it in like over 20 years. And so I spent some time kind of looking into, speaking of lack of time, I know a deep meditation is something that helps me get into a creative flow. And once again, there's that, I don't have time to meditate for an hour every morning right now. So I did do a little bit of research into uh, shorter meditations. Like there is a connection, there's a correlation between mindfulness meditation and creativity. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it turns out it's very specific. Um, uh, certain types of meditation, like um, focused meditation, like where you focus on an object like a candle flame, that doesn't seem to spark creativity. It certainly relaxes you, which I still think then helps you be more creative. I used to love doing it, but 
first of all, it does take me some time to completely let go of any other thoughts and just focus like on one thing. Um, but anyway, that type, there's not a direct correlation between sparking creativity, but there is a type which is called um, open monitoring. And open monitoring meditations are the type where you don't focus on any specific thing. You observe. So you're, you observe everything in the meditation. So your feelings, your thoughts, your, maybe your environment, your physical sensations. You just kind of let your, it's, it's about expanding the mind. Mm-hmm. And that does, they've done a bunch of studies and they do find a direct correlation between that kind of mindfulness meditation and creativity. So I thought, still have this, still have the time problem. <laughs> so when I went to do, through, to do the research, it turns out 10 to 12 minutes is enough. So oh, and I, That's if I can't, yeah, if I can't take 10 minutes out of my day for something this important for my mental health, then I probably have another problem. So that's my new intention is 10 minutes a day every morning and see if I can start to feel the difference in uh, just not having to struggle to get to that creative point. Yeah. Do you think that people are inherently creative? Do you think that there's everyone has a creativity bone or do you think there's people that just don't have it? No, I think everyone has it. I think, I think you have to be creative to survive, frankly. But I, I don't think that everyone, if you think of it like a muscle, I don't think everyone works it out, mm-hmm. right? So it just kind of, it's sitting there waiting, but it doesn't. And I think there are some people who are just naturally creative all day long. You know, I think I'm creative all day long, but I have trouble finding it. Yeah, it's hard for me to, you know, I do write a lot of blogs. Whew, it gets tough. It gets tough. But I th- I do think that the easiest way for me to be creative when I'm writing is to just pull from personal experience. You can write a blog about any subject. I mean, you can research anything. But if you can pull a little bit of your personality and a little bit of your uh, past experiences into it, I think it probably comes across a little better. And it does kind of feel a little bit better. You know, yeah. I would like to take a creative writing class. I think that would be, even though I write all day. <laughs> Which seems like, why would you want to do more? Um, I want to get better at it. So I think that maybe that would be a good thing for me too. And I don't really even know where to look for that, but I would love to. Yeah. Um, I've taken writing classes, creative writing. Well, I've taken weird classes too. I love taking classes. That's why I'm in a pottery class. Um, but it's just that balance between, am I pushing myself further over the edge? But uh, there are certain activities that I do um, because what I love to do is get in a state of flow. So that is the most creative place I've ever been is in that state. And so writing happens to be one of them. But for me, writing is, I get into the deepest flow states writing, but it takes time. So I will think two hours have passed and it'll be like eight. Like I am just in that zone and it just, the creative juices are flowing, but I can do things, you know, I crochet. Well, crocheting is, it's really meditative to me because you're basically counting over and over and over again, right? So other thoughts start to drift away and you're not really focusing so much on the material in front of you. It's just this sort of process. So to me, it's very meditative. I love throwing pottery again. I used to be able to get into a flow state doing that. I did jewelry making for a long time, like little tiny, tiny work where you're so focused. It's blocking out all the distractions of life. I just love crafting. I think crafting is meditative for me. And I like being able to see a finished product. I know that may not be the whole purpose of being creative, but I do love to see like, oh, wow, look what I made. So 
what do you do when you're stuck? Nothing's coming. It's just, I always feel like it's just this big blank slate and I'm just pushing to get an idea and it doesn't come. How do you get yourself past that? Well, I think for me, one of the best things that I can do is to get myself out into nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know not everybody has that ability. Maybe if you live like in a city where there's not a lot of you know trees and stuff, but for me, and I think what it really boils down to is just getting into that meditative state. I don't know if that makes sense, but when I'm feeling stressed out or I'm feeling like a block when I'm writing, I get up out of my office and I go outside and I love to garden. And I do find, and maybe this could be helpful for other people. If you start to do something where you're humming or you are, you know, just kind of, that's probably the thing that you need to get into that creative flow, because that's when your brain has started to go, ah, okay, we're shutting down now. Let's just start to, you know, be in that calm state of mind. And for me, definitely being outside is one of those. Even if I'm, if I'm walking, if I'm just sitting anything where there's nature around me, I can feel that my system calms down and all of a sudden there's room for other thoughts. Because I think part of our problem is that we're so filled with what's going on in our day to day that we're, there's no room. We don't have any room. (laughs) We need those creative juices to come in and we don't have the room for it. So if we create the room through, you know, some kind of a meditative practice, that's probably going to be the best option. I totally agree. It's, we have to make space. But, you know, for people who are doubting it, I would say, you know, think about how many aha moments have you had right before you go to sleep or while you're in the shower. I do get those aha moments in the shower all the time. Well, right before you go to sleep, what are you doing? You're winding down. The brain is calming down. And for most people, when they get in the shower, they're not quite awake yet, right? So they're still in sort of a calm state unless you're running late for work, but you get brilliant ideas in the shower. Um, So I think you know, even if you don't want to practice maybe, you know, any kind of a lengthy meditation. So now that we know 10 to 12 minutes will do it, even if you don't want to like figure out how to do a, a, you know, an open monitoring meditation, I think any meditation that calms your mind is going to help you tap into those creative skills that you have or those creative talents because you're making space by quieting the mind a little bit. It's never completely quiet. Don't get me wrong, but it it's, it's not like ping, pinging, you know, back and forth all over the place. And I think that is where it comes from. I do think that people may not realize that you are doing meditative things during your day. You just may not know it. So like I said, when you have those moments of where you're humming or where you're, you know, kind of lost in, in thought or no thought, where you're just going about your business and there's nothing that's really popping back and forth, like you said, pinging, that can be meditative. You can have a meditative walk. If you walk for 10 minutes, and you focus on nature and you focus on what you're seeing around you, or you focus on the sidewalk. Wow, look at those lines on the sidewalk. Look at that. Look at that. You're focusing intently on that thing and leaving no room for those disruptive thoughts. Right. One of my favorite hobbies is cooking. And I have noticed more and more that when I go, this is a pattern, right? And you know, we have a slow period. We kind of get caught up on administrative stuff. And then we think, oh, now we'll start easing back in. And then we get slammed. And then there's you know, no space to breathe. Um, but when I am the worst, as far as pressure or um, time limitations, I find that that is when I start cooking. And it's because I can make the excuse, you know, I have to eat, but <laughs> I have to, I can make the excuse to take time. It's not really an excuse. You do. <laughs> the process of cooking 
literally brings me again to that creative point. I don't, I always think of it as a creative endeavor where I think of baking as hard work, but cooking, Mm -hmm. I think of as, but the cooking part, it means I'm thinking creatively with flavors and spices and temperatures. And, you know, there's just, just everything about it to me is creative. And that ultimately is a meditative practice for me when I'm focused on like creating something new or I don't know what I'm doing exactly, or I'm trying to remember even something I used to make a long time ago and how did I do it? I am really not focusing on worrisome thoughts, uh, anything negative. I've let the day go or the hour go or whatever it is, the morning go. I'm not focusing on the past. I'm not focusing on the future. I'm totally present. With creativity, there's not a lot of repetitiveness. Does that make sense? So when we're going throughout our days and we're doing our job and we're doing our routines, we're brushing our teeth, we're making our breakfast, we're doing all of that stuff, it's autopilot. And even at work, a lot of the stuff we do is autopilot. So if we can be creative and have something new pop in, then that's waking up different parts of our brain, you know, that are going to really, really, really help us decompress and de-stress and let go of some anxiety because now there's different parts of our brain working. So even I would say too, if you are creative already at something, maybe try something new, you know, something new for your brain, which we don't, we don't do that a lot. You just touched on something that I had read about, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people say creativity is on the right side of the brain and mm-hmm. the thinking is on the left, but in mindfulness, it's one brain. Okay, we're mm-hmm. tapping into all of it. And just like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times we're problem solving with creativity. So we need the uh, linear hemisphere of the brain that can think logically and linearly and you know all of those things to come up with the steps to solve a problem while we're using the right hemisphere for the bigger picture, broader scope of what we're kind of tapping into. So um And I think that that is where we might get stuck at work is so much of it is driven by that logical thinking Mm. that we're making ourselves too small in what our brains are capable of doing instead of tapping into the whole thing. So, yeah, I would love to hear too from our audience, maybe in the comments, if they have suggestions on what they do when they're stuck, you know, if you love to be creative, but you're just finding you have a block, what is your go-to? to get out of that state. So what's yours, Teresa? What do you do? Cooking? Um, Yeah, I I typically go to my hobbies or, you know, one of the reasons for going to the, to an amusement park, because that's, I know many people think that that's odd. I still do that at my age. Um, Well, part of it's screen therapy because roller coasters get all that stress out. But the majority of it really for creativity is observing happy people. So what happens when you go to an amusement park, kids are happy. Sometimes parents aren't thrilled. (laughs) Sometimes they're a little stressed (laughs) out. focus on the kids, but also just the sounds and the smells. And it's a happy place, right? So I find that when I get around all that positive energy, that that really does help. A lot of times what I really need to do, and I have to make myself do it, I'm especially this month, I've had to, is I have to stop, just stop, like whatever's happening when I can feel I'm spiraling, like my my thoughts are just too rapid and I'm not accomplishing what I need to do. I make myself stop. So sometimes when it's this intense, I can't do it sitting here. So I will decide that's when I need to get in the car. Like I must, I must have some errand to run. And I get in the car and turn on an audiobook. Like I'm trying to get my mind to just whew, slow down, focus on one thing. And, you know, I only live 10 minutes 
say from the grocery store. That'll be all it takes. So I'm still doing something I have to do anyway, which is run the errand. But but it's that 10 minutes alone in the car, no phones, no interruptions, listening to kind of, you know, sometimes they're very monotone voices, reading the novels or whatever. That actually then just gets me back into that calmer state again, that when I get back, I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to go. So it's almost like a changing your environment temporarily. Yeah. It's almost like a switch. Like, okay, stop this nonsense. Because if I'm here, I'm looking at a lot of stacks of work and a calendar that is frightening because <laughs> it is full seven days a week. And it's just too much and my brain can't, can't relax. But I'm going to set the intention tomorrow morning to start the 10 minute meditation and see if I can get back on track with that. Because I've also made a common blunder, which is as I've gotten busier this month, I've been like, okay, I'll meditate later instead of staying on my routine. Mm-hmm. And it's happening every morning like clockwork. But now I have a purpose, which is to get into a creative mode. And I'm just going to start, just reset. I mean, it happens to everybody. Yeah. I would also recommend if you are blocked, like for me, I can't just sit there and keep trying. I'm just wasting time and I'm making myself more frustrated. So there's nothing wrong with just stopping, coming back to it later. I don't know what to say next or whatever it is, whatever, you know, you are blocked on, probably not writing, but get up, get up and and get away from it. Just stop doing it for now. Set it aside, come back to it later when you're in a better frame of mind, because the productivity will be much more when you're in a better state of mind. Your productivity is going to completely fall flat if you are just sitting there and you're probably being hard on yourself too. Like, why can't I think of anything? So better to just set it down, come back to it later, put a pin in it. It's been very interesting. So I started doing the the New York Times spelling bee every morning because you know I get up really early. I am not awake enough to create anything. <laughs> like I, it takes me a while to get going. But so I thought, well, at least I'm using my brain, and it's hard. I, I find it difficult. But what I have found is, and they even they even suggest it, which is I get to that same place of forcing. So the spelling bee is seven letters. You have yeah, I've to done it, yeah. And then uh, you've got to create as many words as you can. Well. They say, if you get stuck, walk away. And so I, I will sit here and realize I'm now clenching my teeth because I cannot find another word. And it's like, <laughs> step away. And all I do is step away for 10 minutes, do something else, come back. And all of a sudden I can see more words. So it's the same concept. It's like your brain, you can't force it. You need mm-hmm. to allow it to do its thing, right? That's the difference. And so I, I do think that that's very helpful. One thing I do every morning to wake my brain up, because I do have trouble sleeping right now just because of my stage of life (laughs) pre-menopause i do wordle and connections connections is a good one you might want to try that so they're also the new york times games and uh wordle it just fires my brain up in the morning and then the connections is like you have to find four words that group together out of like 16 words and you have to make four groups of four and it's tricky sometimes they get you (laughs) but it does kind of I don't know, wake up those little, you know, fire those neurons in the brain that actually helped me go, okay, I'm ready for the day. And it is part of my routine now. And I actually make sure that I do it, even though it's something on my phone, I make sure I do it every single morning because it does help me a lot. Yeah. Well, and again, that is creativity because you're problem solving, Mm -hmm. right? And so in a way that is kind of getting those juices going before you dive into something that is blatantly creative because- you're right. It, it could sit there dormant. There's little creativity, you know, I don't know what you want to call them, little electrodes, electrons, something going on in there that are just waiting. And so I think, I think doing anything like that probably helps. But I think if you can get into a habit of doing a mindfulness meditation each morning, you're, you're solving multiple mm-hmm. 
potential problems. So one is boosting creativity. One is setting that tone that your life is calm. You feel more in control. You feel more relaxed. You feel less reactive. Um, I did write, um, I did create a, a guided meditation for unleashing your creative flow, which will drop next week. But we have a lot of guided meditations on our YouTube channel that are focused on stillness, on flow, on resting in awareness, and all of those types of meditations, I think, can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you're, if you're new to meditation or you're still resisting it, you know, for goodness sake, try an app. Insight Timer, Calm, Headspace. There's one called Bootify. There's a lot of meditation apps out there. And so, you know. I use one if I want to just interject here. I use, um, so I know it's a little bit controversial, but I don't actually follow the entire method. But the Silva method, they do have a meditation. And I used this when I first started because it was very difficult for me to calm my brain down to just quiet it. I can't exactly remember what it's called, but I'll stick it in the notes. But Every single time I do it, I am completely in a like almost catatonic <laughs> state. But it's so helpful for me because I, when I get out of that state of mind, I'm so refreshed. My brain feels like, oh my gosh, I have like so much more creativity going on now because I'm clear. Yeah. I think that's what we yeah. need is clarity, right? Yeah, calm and clarity. I mean, I think that's, again, and especially with this year already, and, and not just, again, not just our little bubble of work, but just life in general feels like it's a little tumultuous, a little chaotic. There's a lot of people uh, with a lot of anxiety. And if you're anxious or stressed or upset or, you know, whatever the more um, unpleasant emotions are, the stress response turns on in the brain. And that means you really cannot think clearly, period, much less creatively. So I think we've talked about a lot of options people could try if they're trying to tap into their creativity. Um, I think the most important thing is to to really think about your self-care, about self-compassion, and about what you could do that would make not only improve your mental health, but just your overall well-being to feel better despite what's happening around you. If you are having trouble finding whatever it is that brings up that passion and that uh, drive in you to be creative, just keep trying different things. You will find something that clicks with you. You know, not everybody is a painter. Not everybody's a potter. You know, there's so many different things that we can try to just really connect with our inner self. And once you find that thing, that's it. Curiosity, another factor of mindfulness. Like, yeah, be curious. Like, okay, you don't like crocheting. You made me laugh the other day. About <laughs> oh, my granddaughter crochets, I crochet. The one in the middle is like, ugh. Um, <laughs> so, no, thank you. <laughs> not every hobby or every activity is going to be your thing. But if you're open, just open-minded, curious, you know, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be paint by number. It could be coloring in a, you know, a mandala. Yeah, mandala book. Uh-huh. It could be gardening. It could be cooking. It could be anything. But I think trying something new is probably key because then you're going to spark that curiosity and just keep in mind, you might fail at it. I've certainly experienced that many times. My first pop the other night flew right off the wheel, but it doesn't matter because if you're if you're in a creative mode, that includes you're doing something innovative in a way, right? Which is always fraught with you know mistakes, setbacks, whatever you want to call it. But if you're building that muscle, then you're just building your mindfulness skills too, because you're like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try again. Or, oh, I don't like this at all. I'll try something different. So part of it might be a little perseverance too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I hope this was helpful for you guys. And if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to stick it in the comment box or, you know, shoot us an email. You can go to our website at a mindfulmoment.com and we'll see you in a few weeks. I hope you feel creative. See you soon. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like Sleep Cove, Small Things Often, and Wake Me Up. This podcast is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to follow us there and on Instagram at A Mindful Moment Podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and reading recommendations. A Mindful Moment is hosted by Teresa McKee and Melissa Sims. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.